what we think it's about might not be what it's really about. And active listening helps us to get down into the basement and open those boxes and find out the root cause of what's going on. Hey, you're listening to the Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to do this marriage thing and experience God in the process. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Let's get started. We still want to talk about romance because that's a very large element of actual sex. And we touched on it before that romance and sex starts outside of the bedroom with your day-to-day activities and how you behave and how you act overall. So wanted to go over some other additional elements and points regarding romance. And the most unromantic thing first is communication. So proper communication between you will be the foundational bedrock that makes your romance and your sex lives amazing. There are many ways that you can have problems and fights and things can go wrong and communication will help you through and will bring connection back when you've gotten pushed away from each other. Right. So our couple went through significant struggles and we were actually on the brink of divorce at one point. We were living separately and I didn't know what the future was going to hold for us. And this communication technique that was taught to us by the wonderful John Williams is one of the tools that helped us to bring our marriage from that critical point to a more loving, more healthy point. And another thing that really helped us was the suggestion of Marjorie Busing to date your spouse. And at first we approached it almost like a condition, doing it religiously, regularly, scheduled, And once things really got in the swing, we're able to be a little bit more spontaneous and organic, but still keep it a priority for your couple. So we're going to demonstrate for you active listening, the technique that helped our couple so much. And I would like to invite my husband to be super vulnerable and authentic and talk about our experience last night. Is that okay with you? That's fine with me. Okay. So before we go into that though, what exactly is active listening? So let's describe what's happening here first before we just dive in and no one knows what's happening. So the reason why it was so powerful, especially for me, is active listening is a way for one person to feel freely able to communicate. They're the speaker and the other person is the listener. They're not just listening and listening going, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm waiting for my turn to talk. Okay, now I'm gonna talk. Or he's being very nice. It was more like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't say anything. I'm listening. As you can see, that's a very powerful way to not really hear or to speak a lot of powerful emotions without saying any words at all. So active listening is a tool that allowed me to be able to express and dig deep and find out what I was feeling, not just to express to her, but even to articulate it to myself as well. A lot of times I think I know what's the problem. And if I dig a little bit deeper then I can say, no, what it's really about is this. And then when we get to the heart of the matter, just even talking about it helps resolve it. And the other half is, now that we both know what's happening, it's so much easier to actually communicate about what's really the problem versus what we thought the problem was or what we thought I knew what the problem was, but she didn't think of it in the same way. And so there's a ways, it, it can all go wrong. There are many ways to fail. So active listening really helped make a safe space for me to be able to communicate. How does this exactly work? So one person is the speaker, one person is the listener. The speaker is going to say some things, then the listener is going to repeat them back to show that they've listened. Right. And the listener tries to remain as neutral as possible. If you're like me and you're very expressive, this might be a challenge initially. 
but you want to keep your face neutral. You want to make as much eye contact as you can because when you're talking about something really challenging, it might not be as easy to maintain direct open eye contact, but as much as you can. You want to keep your body neutral in a receptive position so you don't want to have a crossed arm or a leaned away posture because those are all nonverbal cues that you're being defensive and maybe you're not listening openly. And then when the speaker concludes their first bubble, their initial comments, then you want to say, so what you're saying is, and that phrase is really important because it's not a judgment. It's not a summary or so what you mean to say or what you mean is, right? Where you're saying, I understand what you said or I understand the core of it. And that can be triggering for some people. If you talk a lot like me and your spouse says, so what you meant to say was or what you mean is and sort of synthesizes it into a diamond, then you can feel like you're being judged for the way you communicated or the person wasn't really listening, they were listening for the point of your share. And sometimes you really just need to share your feelings and that is the point. So what you're saying is, and then you try as neutrally as possible to reflect back like a mirror what your spouse has shared with you. And then you ask a very important question, is that right? And if they say, no, that's not exactly it, that might peel back one of the layers and then they might go in depth a little bit more or explore their feelings and get a little wider. And then you can reflect. So what you're saying is, is that right? And then they can say, yeah, that's right. And then you ask, is there more? Because sometimes there are the feelings underneath. So what Christoph said so eloquently, what we think it's about might not be what it's really about. And active listening helps us to get down into the basement and open those boxes and find out the root cause of what's going on. So now, okay, so, unrehearsed. So hold on a second. Before we dive into it, one more yeah. thing. So some of the key points are the speaker must speak in bite-sized chunks. You can't give pages and pages of dialogue for the listener to have to regurgitate verbatim. That's impossible, right? Right. So the next thing is it's also an important technique because... When you articulate yourself, maybe you're just doing it wrong. You said some things, you think you said what you meant, but when they repeat your literal words back to you, you go, oh, I said that, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say, and that articulates it again better. So that's right. the first thing that it overcomes. It overcomes miscommunication. Right, because my love language is words of affirmation. So generally, that makes me a pretty good listener and pretty intent on the actual words that are used, which is, yes. I think, what Christoph is reflecting. So... Remember, you give it in bite-sized chunks, and the speaker is the speaker and stays the speaker until when the listener says, is, is there, there more? more? And I say, no, that's, that's it. And then we can switch roles, and now the other person can give their feelings, feelings and their talk, and then the person who was speaker is not listener, and then we'll say, so what you're saying is, is there more? Right? Is that correct? And then is there more? Right? right. And so that, that way, right? it's, yeah. so it's a very, it's a little bit artificial in that sense because we're building these safeguards in place to keep the conversation going in a smooth manner. But so I don't recommend it for when you're talking about what's for breakfast or, you know, any day to day activities. But when it's an important discussion about things that you will be emotional about and you can feel that you can get shut down upon, 
then you can use this tool to help solve problems. And remember, it's a tool. And just like every tool in your toolbox, the more tools you have, the more kinds of problems you can solve. The key phrase here is if the only tool you have is a hammer, then all your problems look like nails. So this is simply another tool to use in your marital repertoire. Okay, so we had a small fight last night. We had a small issue. Generally speaking, our fights are more disagreements or hurt feelings. So this is unrehearsed and completely raw and authentic. This is our experience last night and this morning. Sure. Okay, so I'm gonna turn to face Kristoff and I'm gonna make sure I'm touching him because his love language is physical touch and acts of service. So if I'm touching him, it's a physical marker that I love you, I accept you, I'm not running away from you, I'm not attacking you, these are my feelings. So generally speaking, if I need to tell him something important, even if it's random and in passing, I will make sure we're making physical contact because then I know I have his attention. And it works even when he's sleeping. Like literally, he'll be snoring. I'm not kidding. This is for real. So last night after work, I was super tired and I wasn't feeling particularly good emotionally. I was feeling sad and down. And as you know, that's something that I've been struggling with. And I was disappointed and frustrated that you were late home from work and you hadn't communicated that you were gonna be late after you told me that you were coming home early. So what you're saying is you had a hard day of work and you were feeling emotionally down and you were also feeling frustrated because I communicated that I would be home early from work today, but I was home late and I did not preemptively tell you that I was coming home late. Is that right? Yes, and I think an important point was that I was feeling sad mm -hmm. because as you know, I'm a mental health consumer and I'm struggling with depression and I feel like I'm moving into a good space, but it still feels very, it still feels very fragile to me. And sometimes I get really discouraged. If I feel sad, I think, am I getting depressed again? And it can really confront me. And I was in that space of feeling sad and feeling a little bit vulnerable. So when you didn't communicate, when you came home late, it had that extra layer for me of feeling unsupported by you. So what you're saying is that you're beginning to feel depressed are sliding into that state and you were feeling very fragile because things are getting better, but you're afraid that it's not going to be strong enough to sustain. And also you were feeling down yesterday. And so when I came home late and I didn't communicate around that, you were feeling unsupported and you were feeling like you were sliding down into depression. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And I think there's a core underlying issue for me with trust and that's why it's so meaningful when you send those texts, hey, I'm running late. It makes me feel like I can rely on you and I can trust you. And that's also something that's really important to me in our relationship, both because of my previous experiences and because of experiences in our couple. Got it. So what you're saying is due to your previous experiences and also experiences not just in our couple, but before we got blessed, feelings of trust is very important to you. And also, you really rely on me to communicate and be in, in contact with you when things don't go to plan. Yeah, it makes me feel more secure. Okay, so it makes you feel more secure right. when I am in communication because things have changed and it could be bad. Right. 
And when you did call, you explained to me that you were- Is that, so, that right? That's right? That's right, yeah. And when you did call, you explained to me that you were in a meeting that started at 4.30. So when you got out of that meeting at 6.30 and you went in without your cell phone, that you had no idea that 30-minute meeting was going to run so long. Logically, I completely understand that. And then you invited me to go out on a date. And I was thinking like, okay, he's trying to be a smooth operator because he knows he's coming home late after he said he's coming home early. And previously mentioned, I wasn't really in the mood to be romantic and I was kind of down. But I remembered when we went on a date that one time that we were in the middle of that huge argument and how much it changed my perspective and my mood and my commitment to being open and receptive. So I was like okay, get yourself together, put on some deodorant, some makeup, get your hair did, go out on a date. Okay, so you got my phone call when I came out of my meeting. That's putting words back into your mouth. And logically, that makes sense. Logically, it's okay. But emotionally, you were still feeling hurt and vulnerable. Is that right? Uh, more frustrated than Frustrated? Hurt. Okay, so you're still feeling frustrated. Then I asked you out on a date, and you, on one hand, didn't want to go. You were feeling that... Maybe I'm trying to be a smooth operator, but you also remembered the other times where we have gone on dates in hard times when it did make things better. Right. Is that right? That's right. And then you got ready to go. Right. And so when you came home and you were sitting on the porch getting some fresh air, I got ready, came out, and I was thinking to myself... I had some judgmental feelings towards you and we got in the car and I know that you could tell that I wasn't feeling particularly positive or romantic by my body language, the tone of my voice and the lack of my talking. So when I got home, you said I waited on the porch and when you got out, you, based on your actions and non-actions, verbal and non-verbal, I could tell that you were not happy. Is that right? That's right. I could see that you're really making an effort and you suggested Peruvian, which I love. And then on the way to the restaurant, I was already feeling my feelings start to change. I was feeling more positive towards you. And then we went and we had this great date. It was so romantic and the food was scrumptious and the dessert was very delicious. And then on the way home, we were listening to love songs and I was singing to you and I was feeling really good, really open-hearted, really romantic and kind of frisky. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with someone you love or leave a five-star review because the only way this podcast spreads around is through word of mouth. So a share or a review would go a long way and it only takes like 10 seconds to do. Thanks. Back to the show. Okay, so we had a great date and on the way back, we listened to love songs and you were romantic and you were feeling frisky. Is that right? That's right. And then we had to switch tracks, be parents, help our daughter, focus on that, and go over our presentation for today in a business-like manner, working together to try to make sure everything is prepared properly. And at the end of that lengthy preparation, I was starting to feel physically tired while also balancing this business issue that was not working for Cassandra's closet. And you said, you look really tired. And I said, no, I'm just thinking, and I really want to have sex. Got it. So what you're saying is we got home, we had to switch gears into being parents and doing important business activities, not just for your business, to prepare for this meeting here, this presentation, and we're doing all these things. And then you said that I said that you look tired and you said, no, you're just thinking. And I said, you should go to bed. And you said, no, I want to have sex. 
Is that right? I know it's not quite right. So he well, that. I said I was just thinking and I want to have sex. So, so I didn't say no. I just right. You said tried to you're make thinking the... and you wanted to have sex. Right. Is that right? That's right. Okay. And so he said, I'm going to move things around with the kids in the living room. So we have space for our presentation tomorrow. And I went to bed and I waited for you. And then I came out into the living room to check and see how things were going because it had been a little longer than I thought it would take to rearrange the furniture. And you were on the computer with your brothers playing an online board game. And I felt crushed. I felt rejected. And it really hurt my heart. Got it. So what you're saying is... You went to the bedroom. I said that I would move the furniture with the kids. Then after a little while, you came back out and you saw me on the computer and you saw me talking to my brothers and you saw playing an online board game and you felt emotionally crushed. Is that right? That's right. And I felt really sad all of a sudden and all the good will and feelings and deposits in our relationship account seemed to go back down to overdrawn. And I made a conscious decision instead of being silent and cold shouldery that I was going to send you what I thought was a playful text inviting you to make it right. Got it. So then you decided to do something that different from what you would normally do. Right. And you sent me a playful text to see what I would do to make it right. Is, is that correct? Right. That's right. And then you came to the bedroom door and you were very somber and you said, I'm sorry for hurting you. And then you expressed that you just needed some time to be selfish and do something that you enjoyed doing. And that made me feel like doing me was not something that you enjoyed doing. Got it. So I came to the door and I was being very somber and I apologize for hurting you. And I said that I needed to be selfish and I wanted to do something that I wanted to do. And then that's not me talking anymore, but you said also then that you felt that me saying that meant that me doing you, having sex with you, was not something I wanted to do. Right. Is that right? That's right. Like it was, you know, one more duty that you had to check off your list. And that made me feel really unwanted and not very sexy. So what you're saying is that made you feel unwanted and not very sexy. And that me having sex with you was just simply one more duty on my list. Is right. that right? That's right. Is there more? That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. Okay. So, last night, I did not expect to leave work late. And as soon as I got back to my desk from that important meeting, I immediately called you, and I was walking out the door. So, last night, you didn't think you were going to be late, and as soon as you had an opportunity, you immediately called me and were walking out the door. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So, Especially because I knew that I was trying to leave home early because I told you I was going to and made it doubly painful. So as soon as I had the opportunity, I wanted to call you and I knew that it was a little bit stressful and also due to the Cassandra's closet stuff, you were stressing out. So I wanted to see if going out on a date would be good for you. And also we haven't done one in a little while because of the aforementioned stuff. Right. So it was doubly painful for you because you knew you told me that you were going to be home early and you knew that I was also stressed with stuff relating to my business. And so you wanted to take me out on a date as a positive measure and also because we haven't gone on one in a little while. Yes. Is that right? That is right. And the other thing is it's also been a really busy week for me as well. As you know, I've been working late a lot this week. So I was super exhausted as well. And I wanted to spend some time with you in, in an enjoyable fashion, just me and you. So what you're saying is, because you've also had a really stressful week at work, working late, that you wanted to spend some quality time, just you and me. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's right. So I got home 
when I got home, you said you were combing your hair and you were watching something. And I didn't know if we we're dressing up or dressing not up. And you said, I'll be ready in about 20 minutes. So I went onto the couch to wait. So what you're saying is when you came home, I was watching Netflix and doing my hair. I said, I'll be ready in about 20 minutes. So you went out to sit on the couch. Is that right? I didn't know if we were dressing up or not. Okay. That you didn't know if we were dressing up or dressing down and you went out to sit on the couch. Yes. Then you came out dressed up very nicely. And I immediately felt I was not dressed appropriately. Okay. So what you're saying is when I came out dressed up, you felt underdressed. Is yes, that right? That's correct. And you also immediately went to the car without really talking to me. So I knew you were upset, probably at me. So I thought I definitely want to dress up. So I threw, went inside and threw on some nicer clothes. And then I came out to the car. So what you're saying is when I walked past you and went directly to the car that you could sense that I was upset with probably with you and you immediately went in and changed to look more dapper. Is that right? That's right. We then drove to a place I was not expecting to go because we didn't talk about where we we're going to go, but I was totally fine. And that was exactly what I wanted to do. Just I didn't realize we we're going to go to that spot. We had a nice conversation in the car. We had a lovely date and a lovely ride home. So what you're saying is that we went to an unexpected location and that wasn't what you were expecting, but it was fine. We had a lovely date and a lovely car ride home. Is yes. that right? I'm not really sure if I'm trying to say that it was unexpected. Like that sounds like, oh, I'm off balance. I'm changing my plans. No, I knew we were going on a date and I thought we were going to get proving food. I just didn't remember the exact spot. I thought we we're heading south. The only reason why that's relevant is because we didn't talk about where we're going exactly earlier. So I was a little bit, I was half feet off during that sense. Does that make any sense? Sorry. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you were expecting Peruvian, but you're expecting to go south, not north. So you felt half a beat out of step. Is that right? Yeah. Just we weren't really talking to each other about that point yet. So we, when we got back, we had a lot of things, practical things to take care of. And we did all those things and it was late. It was like 11 o'clock, I think, when we're done with everything. And you were super tired and we still needed to move all the furniture in the room around. So when we came home, we had a lot of practical things we had to do. It was late, possibly 11, and I was super tired. And you still had to move all the furniture around. Is that right? Yes. So I wanted to get the furniture done before, but you were super tired. You said that you did want to have sex though. But I was, number one, concerned that you were falling asleep. And number two, I understood what you said as you wanted to do it before things that busy tomorrow morning, which is Saturday. So I thought also that if it didn't happen necessarily that night, we could still connect in the morning if we woke up early enough. And number three, I was also feeling empty and tired. I'm not saying that because we went on a date, but in general, it was a super long week. And in general, I was feeling super tired. So what you're saying is that it was late. I was falling asleep. When I said I wanted to have sex, you didn't interpret that as specifically tonight before bed, but even possibly tomorrow morning before our presentation, you still had to move the furniture around and you were feeling really empty and low on energy because you've had such a stressful week. Is that right? Yes. So then I wrangled the kids, which almost took more energy than doing it all myself. Then we moved the furniture in the room to prepare for the presentation. Then I sat in front of the computer and I noticed that my brothers were playing a game online. And I wasn't going to join them because they were in the middle of it. I wanted to see what they're doing and say hi. So I started up the online talk with them and I was seeing what they're doing and they're showing me what they're doing. They were 
in the middle of it. I told them earlier I wasn't going to play anything with them today. They went without me. I still wanted to see how they were going and what was happening with them. They knew, I knew, and I had no intention of playing anything with them that night. They were three hours into a game that was taking longer than that. So what you're saying is wrangling the kids took almost more energy than doing it yourself. By the time it was done, you sat down at the computer and you noticed that your brothers were all on and you wanted to connect with them. You were not expecting to join them. They knew and you knew that you weren't going to join the game in advance, but because they were already three hours into a game that would take even longer than that, but you just wanted to check in with them and connect. Is that right? Specifically, I wanted to take a break. As soon as we got home from our date, we were working on doing these things, preparing for everything, and then finished moving all the furniture physically. I just need to take a 5, 10, 15-minute break at tops. Less than that, for sure. Okay, so you're feeling physically tired, work tired. After we got home, we went right into work mode, and you just needed 5 to 15 minutes tops to reset. Is that right? That's right. Then you came out, and you were really frustrated at me, and I realized from your point of view, how that could be a really bad, frustrating experience. So then, well, so what you're saying is when I came out and you could see yourself from my perspective, you realized how that could be a bad experience. Yes, and that's why I came to the door to apologize. So what you're saying is that's why you came to the door to apologize. Yes, and it was hard for me to articulate my apology because I wanted to apologize for hurting your heart but, and also for not checking in with you as soon as I was done with cleaning the room, but I still at that time didn't really feel like apologizing for what I did because I didn't feel it was bad in that sense. So what you're saying is though you came to the door and you wanted to apologize for hurting my heart, you didn't really feel like you had done anything wrong at that point. So it was difficult for you to articulate that. Is that right? That's right. And afterwards you opened the opportunity for me to, to make it up to you in a different way which, you know, in a way we haven't done before. And so I tried and you said you wanted more. I was on the couch, the cat had joined me and I was typing things up and trying to write some poetry. And then I fell asleep because of the cat. I was tired, you know. So what you're saying is afterwards, when I invited you to make it up to me in a new way, you made a effort and I said I wanted more. And while you were working on composing some poetry, lying on the couch, the cat joined you with his soporific effect and you succumbed to your exhaustion. Is that right? Well, I was sitting on the couch. I wasn't lying down. Lying down invites falling asleep on the couch. Okay, so you were sitting on the couch, not lying on the couch. Yes, but then eventually I started lying on the couch. So I fell asleep. Then you came longer later and you said you woke me up and it was already, yes. So what you're saying is an hour later, I came to the couch to wake you up. Is that right? Yes. So... Maybe what I'm saying is, looking back after having this conversation and hearing what you were going through, I felt really bad, and it made what I did seem not the innocent thing that I thought it was in my mind. And I really want to say I'm sorry, not just for hurting your heart, but also for not being there for you when you needed me to be there, and for not apologizing in the right way yesterday as well, when you needed me to, to support you. And I'm really sorry. So what you're saying is, afterwards, hearing how I felt about it and seeing it from my perspective, you felt like you weren't what you needed me to be and you felt really sorry. Is that right? Yeah, I, not just sorry. I felt that I, was, I didn't give you the support you needed when you needed it because I didn't realize 
how fragile you were yesterday. Not only that you were sorry, but you felt like you didn't give me the support I needed because you didn't recognize how fragile I was feeling yesterday. Is that right? That's right. Is there more? I always want to be the person that you can rely upon and will be there for you. So what you're saying is you always want to be the person that I can rely on that's there for me. Is that right? Is there more? I want to hear what you want to say. Yes, that's it. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Yeah. I definitely feel different about it hearing from your perspective. And you are the person that I rely on. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So that went a little bit maybe longer than I was expecting. When I heard it from her point of view, it really made me understand what she needed and also how my actions, what I thought was innocent, really could have such a devastating consequence on her. Yeah. And hearing it from his perspective, his feelings of being tired and wanting to connect had nothing to do with me. It wasn't a judgment on me, our relationship, my level of sexiness. You're very beautiful. Okay. So... What just happened there? First of all, hopefully you could understand, and I know it was a little bit longer than maybe you were expecting, but like Lena said, it was not scripted at all. That's how active listening really helped me in my relationship, to be able to have me be able to communicate with her in a way I couldn't. And I don't know if you noticed, but many times when I was talking about my feelings specifically, I have to close my eyes because to be able to find within myself how I'm feeling, I have to really dig internally. Right. And that can be the experience for a lot of people who are more kinesthetic, more touch-oriented, that too much external stimuli can distract you from your own feelings and being able to identify what the core issues really are. Yes. Hey, if you want to improve your relationship or take your sex life to the next level, well, you're in luck because more than 70% of couples that take our Love and Integrity course said that the quality of their sexual relationship improved after joining the course. Sounds good? You can join the program today with your spouse or just take the course by yourself at loveandintegrity.com. See you in the next episode.